Welcome back, third graders. Hope you're having a great day. Today we're going to be listening to chapters 20 through 25. And remember, these are not long chapters, third graders. Uh, our author, Thomas Rockwell, does a good job of kind of scaring us with 41 chapters in a chapter book, but it truly isn't that long. So we'll start with chapter 20. Billy's Mother. Chapter 20. Billy's Mother. Billy slumped at the kitchen table on one elbow, pawing in his bowl of Wheaties with his spoon. His mother was washing the breakfast dishes at the sink. But why isn't it good to eat hot dogs for breakfast? I know nobody does, but why don't they? Oh, Billy, said his mother. Stop it. Finish your cereal. Oh, but a knock on the screen door. Billy's mother glanced around. Oh, hello, Alan. Joe, is your sister better, Joe? Yes, thank you. Billy can't come out until he's finished his breakfast. Would you like to wait for him on the front porch? We came to see you, Mrs. Forrester. Oh, come in. Mrs. Forrester, said Joe as Alan shut the door carefully behind them. I don't know if you know about it already. But see, about a week ago, Alan made this bet with Billy about eating worms. If Billy could eat 15 worms, one each day for 15 days, then, Billy, you're not still eating them. Billy stuffed a spoonful of Wheaties into his mouth. Not just worms, Mom. I've been eating lots of other stuff, too. Look at me. I'm healthy. Dr. McGrath told you the worms wouldn't hurt me. But, Billy, Dr. McGrath didn't think you were going to keep on eating worms. Joe nudged Alan and grinned. Oh, Mom, if five worms wouldn't hurt me, a few more won't either. They're little worms. Besides, it's a bet. If I... They're big worms, Mrs. Forrester, said Joe, looking virtuous. We won't lie to you. My mother told me never to tell a lie. Manure, said Billy. Mom, it's a bet. I told you, if I win, Alan's got to pay me $50. $50? Young man, don't you move from that chair. She went off into the front hall. Thanks, whispered Billy. But you'll see, it won't work. Alan and Joe gazed nonchalantly at the ceiling. Billy's mother's voice came from the front hall. Dr. McGrath? I'm awfully sorry to bother you again. It's such a ridiculous matter. But since I spoke to you, Billy has continued to eat worms. Pause. No, no, it's nothing like that. He's acting perfectly normal otherwise. It seems he's made a bet with some other boys. Pause. One every day. He has to eat 15 to win his bet. Pause. Oh, thank you, Dr. McGrath. I'm so sorry to bother she returned to the kitchen. But no more bets after this one, Billy. Alan and Joe, don't you egg him on anymore. He's far too eager to do wild things. Billy yucked silently at Joe and Alan. Alan made a rude gesture at him. Mrs. Forrester, said Joe, what we really came about is that Alan and me are going up to Lake Lauderdale today with my father to fish, and we won't be back till tomorrow night. So we wondered if you'd make sure Billy eats the worms today and tomorrow. It's not that we don't trust Billy, Mrs. Forrester. No, 
said Billy's mother, smiling. But it's always better if there's a referee. You know, like Mr. Simmons says at school, to save arguments and hard feelings. We brought the two worms. He held up a paper bag. We boiled them already, so you could just keep them in the refrigerator. Well, said Billy's mother, this is quite a responsibility. Are you sure I'll be neutral enough? I am his mother. Yeah, we thought of that, said Joe. But we figured, well, you're usually pretty fair. And besides, parents almost never cheat kids if it's just something between kids. They're usually pretty fair until they get into it. Billy's mother laughed. And how does he eat them? Just cold boiled? Well, we've been frying them, Mrs. Forrester. We roll them in cornmeal and then fry them like a fish. But he can do whatever he wants. Except that Alan and me have decided it's not fair to make soup out of them or chop them all up like hash or a chicken salad sandwich. He's got to eat them piece by piece. Who said? yelled Billy. When was that ever in the rules? We said, shouted Alan. Billy jumped up, kicking his chair over. Well, then I win, because it's cheating to make up new rules in the middle. Oh, yeah, shouted Alan. Then you lose, because anybody knows it'd be cheating to hash it up. You think you're going to weasel out of it after I've already eaten nine? Who's weaseling? You're cheating. Yeah? Yeah, boys, boys. Billy, Alan. Silence. Please. Now, Billy, I think, no, let me speak first. I do think Alan and Joe are right. It wouldn't be fair to cut the worm all up. You can just think of some other way of fixing it. Thank you, Joe. She took the paper bag and looked inside. Phew. Billy, are you sure? Mom, you've eaten eels. You ate eels last summer in Long Island. These are just smaller. They're the same thing. Well, she put the paper bag in the refrigerator. I guess if Dr. McGrath says it's all right. Now, why don't you all go outside? I wouldn't go across the street with those finks, said Billy. They can. Yeah, shouted Alan. Well, who'd want to go anywhere with you either? Yeah, shouted Billy. Boys, cried Mrs. Forrester, stop it. All right, Alan and Joe, you'd better go. The screen door banged behind them. <laughs> said Billy scornfully. Joe's face appeared at the screen. Thanks for saying you'll help out, Mrs. Forrester. So you can see that the boys have now tried to get the parents involved and tried to get parents to stop the bet even because I think they are scared of losing the bet. Our next chapter is called The Tenth Worm. Remember, as we read, to cut right down what the how or how the worm is either prepared or eaten. All right? We'll listen to chapter 21, The Tenth Worm. Chapter 21. The tenth worm. What's for dinner? Said Billy's father coming into the kitchen. Well, said Billy's mother, you and I and Emily are having hamburgers and string beans and mashed potatoes. Billy is having a fried worm. More worms? The bet's still on? 
Look, she took a small plate covered with saran wrap out of the refrigerator. You've eaten nine of these already, Billy? He poked the worms curiously. What do you do? Use a lot of ketchup and mustard? Billy nodded. And horseradish and other things. And we fry them. Billy's father lifted a corner of the saran wrap and smelled the worms. Helen, you ought to be able to do better than fried. Use your cookbooks. I'm not the cook. I'm just the referee. Oh, come on. Think of the challenge. He took a cookbook from the shelf under the spice rack. Let's see. Mastering the art of French cooking. He leafed through the cookbook. Here, how about poached eels on toast? No, said Billy's mother. It calls for chopping up the eel in little pieces, and that would be against the rules. How about spaghetti with worm balls, then, or a savory worm pie? Green worms on toast. Spanish worm. Worm loaf with mushroom sauce? Wait, said Billy's mother, putting down her cooking spoon. It might just... She took the cookbook and turned to the index. Here, she read Alsatian smothered worm. Dredge the worm with seasoned flour. Saute in three tablespoons drippings until browned. Cover with sliced onions. Pour over one cup thick sour cream. Cover pot closely and bake in a slow oven until tender. Bravo, said Billy's father. Put the hamburgers back in the refrigerator. We'll all have worm tonight. I won't said Emily. So now you can see that mom is trying to get a little creative with what to make the worm and how to cook it. So it's pretty interesting that mom is trying to get Billy to eat it in a different way. We'll continue. Ha! said Billy, grinning in the midst of chewing. Boy, Alan and Joe thought they were doing me in when they came to you, Mom, but this is better than steak. It really tastes good. Yuck, muttered Emily, making a face. Let me have a taste, said Billy's father. No, no, said his mother. Billy has to eat every bit himself. Alan and Joe were very firm about that, and I'm the referee. Boy, said Billy. I don't mind if it tastes like this. Chapter 22, The 11th Worm. How'd you do it, said Billy. What's it called? My word, said his father. Gosh, Mrs. Forrester, gasped Tom. On a silver dish, nearly <laughs> lay an ice cream cake bathed in fruit syrups, peach, cherry, tutti frutti, candied orange, topped with whipped cream sprinkled with jelly beans and almond slivers. It's called a whiz-bang worm delight, said Billy's mother proudly. I made it up. Is the worm really in there? said Billy, poking about with his spoon. And then, scraping away a bit of whipped cream at one end, he glimpsed the worm's snout protruding from the center of the cake. Snug as a bug in a rug, said his mother. I still wouldn't eat a worm, said Emily, eyeing the whiz-bag worm delight with envious distaste. I would, said Tom. At least, maybe I would.
So now we are getting really creative with how we're going to cook the worm. Now we're made into a dessert. So after you've answered all the questions for all these chapters uh, with your comprehension questions, I want you also to do a pick collage of how you would prepare a worm as a dessert. Okay. All right. We'll keep going here with chapter 23, Admirals. Chapter 23, Admirals Nagumo and Kusaka on the bridge of the Akaiga, December 6, 1941. It won't work. Look said Joe. Even if he remembers the worm while we're at Shea, he can't get one. Where's anyone going to find a worm at Shea Stadium? Don't worry, we'll say. You've won. We'll find a worm after we get home. And we keep right on stuffing it. Peanuts, hot dogs, hamburgers, Cracker Jack, ice cream, orange soda, gum, Mars bars. You know how he loves to eat. You ever seen him refuse something to eat? By the time we start home, he'll be bloated, drowsy, belching. Remember the last time when his father took us? He was asleep by the time we hit Peekskill. Your father will carry him in from the car. His mother and father will put him to bed. Next morning, he'll wake up too late. You've won. Fifteen worms in fifteen days. He missed a day. Alan gnawed at his thumbnail. What about Tom? We'll ask him along and then just not pick him up. We can tell your father and Billy that Tom's mother called. He was sick, his grandmother died, anything, just so we don't have to bring him with us. Alan sighed. Jeez, it'll probably cost me $8 just to buy all that food. Cracker Jack hamburgers? Yeah, but it'll cost you $50 if he wins. Yeah, well... Oh, jeez, how did I ever get into this? If my father finds out... Alan slumped on the porch steps, gazing down at his sneakers, gnawing his thumbnail. Come on, said Joe, slapping him on the shoulder. Cheer up, you haven't lost yet. Go ask your father. Chapter 20. Now... They have an excellent, excellent plan to get him all filled up with food at a baseball game and trick him into just forgetting about the worm. How else could you trick Billy into not eating the worm? Kind of brainstorm. Think about what you could do. Share it with your teacher. It's a good idea to share with your teacher what your brainstorm idea is. Okay, we'll continue with the 12th worm. Chapter 24, The Twelfth Worm. You think Alan really meant it when he said he'd given up? Asked Billy, turning down the flame under the frying pan. He was cooking a toasted cheese and worm sandwich. I don't know, said Tom, looking in the refrigerator. I suppose so. He asked us to the Mets game. Say, is that chocolate pudding? Yeah, but don't take any. It's for supper. Could just scrape some off the top, and then you could tell your mother it fell out upside down on the floor by mistake while you were getting the cheese out, so you scraped the dirty part off into the garbage. Well, said Billy doubtfully. Thomas Grout, said Billy's mother coming in from the hall. I'm surprised at you. Oh, uh, Mrs. Forrester, I wouldn't really have done it. I was just, you know, 
talking. Everybody talks. My father, Billy's father, Billy, my sisters, Annie, Charlotte, Polly. He was backing toward the door. Betty, Agnes, Columbus. I didn't know you had a sister named Columbus, Tom, said Billy's mother. Would you like some chocolate ice cream instead? Oh, sure, Mrs. Forrester, said Tom, relieved. He sat down at the table. It's my cousin who's named Columbus. He grinned. Columbus, Ohio. He's a capital fellow, Mrs. Forrester. And then he had to grab the edge of the table to keep from rolling off his chair, laughing at his own joke. Billy looked disgusted. His mother opened the refrigerator, shaking her head. Now, before we read chapter 25, Pearl Harbor, make sure you are really paying attention to that title, Pearl Harbor. And if you want to do some research on it, there is some backstory to Pearl Harbor being happening during World War II. And if you go research that with your teacher, that would be a good idea as what happened during Pearl Harbor. Okay. We'll continue with Pearl Harbor, which is a very short chapter. Again, Thomas Rockwell does an awesome job of making these chapters short, thinking we're way into a big book. All right, we'll continue. Chapter 25, Pearl Harbor. The car slid quietly to a stop under the streetlight outside Billy's house. Shh, whispered Alan to his father. Billy's asleep. His father glanced back at Billy, snoring peacefully in the back seat, his plump cheeks sticky with orange soda. Alan, run up to the house and tell them I'm bringing Billy in. Billy's father met them at the front door, and taking Billy, whispered his thanks. Alan and his father went down the walk. Behind them, the porch light clicked off. In the back seat of the car, Joe and Alan wrestled gleefully. We did it. We won. He'll never wake up now. Alan struggled out of Joe's grip and asked his father what time it was. Late. Almost midnight, I think. Joe pulled Alan's head down and tried to sit on it. He couldn't do it now, even if he woke up. How could he find and cook and eat a worm in the dark? <laughs> we won. We won. Now, third graders, it isn't midnight yet. So he hasn't really won yet. So start brainstorming before tomorrow and decide what do you think might happen in the next few chapters, especially if you look at the title of chapter 27. It does say the 13th worm. So if you want to read ahead and kind of see what does happen, but make a prediction here before you do that. All right. Hope you have a great day. Stay safe. And we'll see you soon.